Hello, it's, it's Nick Brown, Global Commissioning Editor for ADC. It gives me real pleasure to welcome Pratap Kumar today to speak about uh, an un- untapped spoke of, of uh, e-technology. He's a CEO for HealthyNet and Senior Lecturer at the Institute of Healthcare Management at Strathmore Business School. I commissioned a paper from Pratap some months ago um, about the untapped or the potential for in improving usage of mobile technology in healthcare situations. There's been a little bit of literature on this area in the past, but um, it's, to my mind, this is a huge new area which has got enormous potential. Pratap wrote a great piece with an intriguing title called I've Got 99 Problems But a Phone Ain't One, EM Health in LMICs. Pratap, welcome. Thank you, Nick. Um, I've, I've got lots of questions, but we only have time for a, a, a small handful of them. So I wonder whether you could just give those listeners who don't have a great idea of the area how um, mobile health technology has changed medical care in LMICs to date. Um, yeah, it's a, a really interesting question because uh, in some ways it's changed everything, but in, in some other ways, like we point out in the paper, nothing much has changed because of many problems there. Uh, so it has changed in many ways, like you, um, like in the West, where Google becomes the first point of call for most patients, uh, and so it's uh, resulted in a lot of uh, patient uh, empowerment, uh, patient understanding of their medical conditions. Uh, it's also uh, coming on the back of a lot of mobile phone use in uh, countries like Kenya. Uh, like I point out in the paper, 90% of people in Kenya have a mobile phone, and people have been using this reach uh, to large parts of the population to give them messaging about health uh, to a large extent, uh, or mainly in the field of um, maternal and child care, pregnancy-related advice, child care-related advice. But uh, the flip side is that... Um, it's not going much beyond uh, some of these uh, very focal areas. And that's the point we are trying to make in the paper, that there are a few other barriers that stop uh, mobile and e-technologies in healthcare from being as impactful as they can be. Thanks, Pratap. I wonder whether you give me some examples of what potential improvements that um, mobile health has to offer. Any examples from Kenya where most of your work has been undertaken? Um, Yeah, sure. Uh, So one of the big uh, success stories is in how um, uh, diseases like HIV are managed. So there's a large uh, amount of funding that goes into providing technologies to document and manage uh, HIV care in Kenya and uh, large parts of Africa. Uh, there's also a lot of uh, effort in, uh, in training healthcare, uh, healthcare professionals. So understanding that we have a large shortage of healthcare professionals and we can't expect everybody to come and spend large amounts of time in school. And so trying to uh, deliver training through mobile phones or the internet, uh, that's becoming uh, quite uh, an area as well. So there's a large potential for things that have, for example, happened in India. Uh, a lot of teleradiology happens um, with India as a service provider for large parts of the world uh, for radiology uh, diagnostic services. So there seems to be a lot that can be done using technologies like mobile phones and the internet in healthcare. Um, but we still haven't seen uh, an absolute revolution. 
great. So let's flash forward a few years, maybe a decade or so. If you could, you give us an example of what a, a medical consultation in a in a remote rural health centre using this sort of technology, um, and and tapping into um, long distance advice, how that might work. Yeah. So my vision for this is um, is how we can um, is how we can share information much more easily. Uh, because in sharing information is easier than moving drugs or moving patients. And so if you can move information first, uh, then that should create a huge difference. So one example would be like cases where, um, uh, for example, epilepsy. So 90% upwards of epilepsy cases uh, do not require expensive investigations like CT scans or EEGs. And they can be managed at least um, initially with uh, medications. Uh, what happens now is that many of these patients are referred to cities where, and they have to travel. If they decide to travel, they have to travel a day, many days sometimes, spend time in queues. There's large inefficiencies in this type of system and missed opportunities for care. And so what I see happening is that many of these patients who ordinarily or now would be moving to seek care uh, could be provided care in their community by improving uh, the information available to their caregiver, uh, the improving the um, movement of medicines and tests, and not moving the patient as much as we do now. Uh, the same thing is true for a lot of um, uh, care that is beyond uh, the immediate acute need. So, for example, rehabilitation. We still see a lot of patients moving back to the main hospital to receive occupational therapy or physical rehabilitation therapy. And this is not, uh, this shouldn't be happening. We can provide a lot of this care at the, at the community level by training uh, the nurses, the clinical officers there in uh, the skills that they need or supporting them to help things like rehabilitation therapy or occupational therapy. So what I see is that a lot of these consultations that are not the primary consultation, not the first time a patient is seeing the uh, GP, for example, but what happens next when the GP needs to move patients or needs more information or needs a, a larger team to, uh, to deliver care. That's when these technologies would be really beneficial. Okay, that's, that's very interesting. Um, what about innovations and entrepreneurship in, in expanding uh, e-mobile health? Yeah, that, that's a, a hugely uh, untapped uh, potential and also uh, very much ignored. So um, uh, from what I'm seeing in countries like Kenya is that uh, there seems to be uh, thinking that the technology is there or the innovations are there and we just need to implement them over here in developing country settings. But that's not really the case. We need, uh, we need new technologies. We need new ways to uh, deliver technologies. We need new ways to pay for technologies. And uh, these are, uh, so th there's a large need for innovation to make this happen. Uh, and innovation generally doesn't happen in uh, large established settings like the public sector whether it's the NHS or uh, the uh, developing country government systems. And so uh, I feel the need for uh, the innovations to be nurtured in uh, the private sector or in, uh, in universities and other ways, um, other places where innovations can be initiated and tested and proven and then brought into the um, uh, public sector 
And that's still very much in a nascent stage at this point. Uh, Kenya is by far the leading country in information technology in Africa, I think. Uh, but even here, it seems uh, healthcare innovation is still a very nascent and immature stage. Yes, I'd agree with that. Can, can you see any disadvantages, either in the short or long term? Um, the short term, I think, is... Uh, so uh, there is going to be a... Uh, there's likely to be... Uh, use of these technologies, uh, there's likely to be adoption of these technologies, but uh, who is going to provide the expert services that are needed even using uh, teleconsultation technologies? It's likely to be the uh, the providers that are there in the country. So until we are able to train more human resources for help, more nurses, more doctors, more physiotherapists, uh, there's likely to be um, uh, many of them going into uh, the technology-based service delivery. And so we might see uh, a decrease in the number of face-to-face -face consultations that are possible in the country. But that's, uh, that should be a short-term disadvantage. Uh, there are other things that uh, even Western countries are facing um, right now, like privacy and confidentiality of medical data. How, secure, how securely can we transmit this data over mobile phones? It's likely to be less secure than over the internet using computers. Uh, possibly. So, uh, but still, the, uh, the disadvantages of these technologies are relatively small, but they might get blown up. Um, uh, there's always this fear that one politician's HIV status being leaked can put back e-health or m-health adoption by a few years. Uh, there are uh, disadvantages uh, and fears about uh, patient confidentiality, the privacy of data, uh, how, um, how they might be a further drain on the human resources we have at this point. But I think there's certainly an understanding that the disadvantages are far fewer than the, than the huge potential and advantages that these technologies offer. Yeah, it sounds like things are st really starting to open up with lots of um, potentially very exciting innovations on the, on the, on the reasonably near horizon. Prasad, that, that, that was fascinating. I, I'd like to urge anyone who's not read the paper yet, it's out online first already, uh, to do so. And um, I hope this will be the first of many papers on, on this theme. Thank you very much, Pratap. Uh, thank you, Nick, and thank you very much for commissioning this paper. It's been absolutely great to have this out. <laughs>